0: We'll do it live. Fuck it! do it live. I, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. All right, everybody, it's the uh, live show this week. Uh, I'm host this week. It's Nick, he him from the Intervention Podcast. I got Nat from Collective Action Comics, also he him. Rick from Decolonized Buffalo, he him. Jamie, she her from the Chan- Trans X Bombshell Stream, and Ward we got from Turn Leftist Podcast. How you doing? You guys, doing good tonight.
1: Yeah, hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, doing pretty good. All right, so we are without our uh, fearless leader, General Secretary of the live show, Mike, but uh, we'll try to fill in for him here tonight. So just to kick us off, uh, Jamie, I know you said something out earlier today about some uh, shitty L.A. politics, so do you want to fill us in on that and maybe we can have a quick conversation on what's going on out there?
2: Sure. Um, We are sort of still experiencing the shockwaves from what was a bomb dropped here in local LA city politics. Um, There was a recording that was released by the LA Times in which our current sitting LA city council president made some extremely racist remarks, very disparaging remarks about another sitting LA city council member um in those same rec- remarks during the same recording she actually alluded to collusion of the recent redistricting efforts that we've been going through um the past year or, or more here in Los Angeles to uh, redistrict our our areas for the different council districts for the sitting council members and their their boundaries and she actually alluded to collusion to intentionally divide what is my district Um, I'm the sitting president of the Wilshire Center Koreatown Neighborhood Council. Um, we We have the most constituents of the entire city. We have the most renters of the entire city. And she said she was intentionally wanting to divide our boundaries, to divide the voter renters, to reduce their power as a block of voters. And so what we're experiencing is not only the after effects of what will take center stage, you know, rightfully so, the, the absolute atrocious racism by our sitting LA City Council president, but also what will likely not get as much attention is the actual evidence of class warfare that we are currently experiencing here in Los Angeles. And it is clear cut proof, clear as day. And it's just awful. And so as the acting or President, as the elected president of Wilshire Center um, Koreatown Neighborhood Council, I've actually called a special meeting so that we can, with community participation, draft what is known as a request for action demanding for the resignation of L.A. City Council City President Nuri Martinez, and a full investigation into the redistricting efforts, um, just because there is obvious collusion, there is obvious political intent. And it needs to be fully and completely investigated from the top down. And we are just, I mean, this just came out today. Uh, today's Sunday. It is Sunday, October 9th. And that was part of today's Sunday um, edition of the LA Times.
1: Mm-hmm. That's wild. It is bald-faced and wild.
0: I'm assuming the, this is like a Democratic district as well.
2: So the way it works, um, the L.A. City Council members are um, not party denominational. So they're not technically Republicans, they're not technically Democrats, but obviously the Democratic Party is very strong here in Los Angeles. Um, In fact, these comments do involve the L.A. Labor Federation uh, current sitting president. It is an absolute, like, cluster, just... Things are off the rails right now. Um, calls for resignations all over. I mean, these are people that are supposed to be in charge, fighting for the working class, representing the working class, actively undermining their mm-hmm. ability to participate in democracy. Like, not even their hopes and desires, actively undermining their ability to, to voice their opinions. And it's just, it's it's extremely embarrassing for one thing like the city is just not the liberal safe haven that they make themselves out to be we are in constant like strategizing against the people they are supposed to represent it's it's awful and i have a
3: lot of work to do it's going to be a very busy week
1: where was the audio actually from
2: the audio, I believe, was captured from um, some of the redistricting conversations. I think it might have been from a closed special meeting. I need to dive more into the article. I've been fielding nonstop texts and emails. Mm-hmm. The LA Times reached out to me for comment. It's just, it's already, it's been a heck of a day. So I am, I'm glad I could make it to share it with y'all because this is, this is national news. This is the one of the few, one of the few. And I can't I hate to even call it a benefit. But one of the one of the silver linings, I guess, is that this is so bad. This will escape the orbit, like the gravitational pull. LA City politics tends to keep things sort of close to the best. Like like things don't get out to where it's a big enough news for things to actually be done about them. Mm-hmm. And this will undoubtedly be like large enough to get enough attention that there should be action taken and this hopefully won't be swept under the rug.
0: I can't imagine this going on anywhere else in any other city though, can you? Maybe New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm totally joking.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: oh, okay. I was I, like, wait. Yeah, no. No, I <laughs> get it <now>. Sorry, <laughs> I understand. I was like, well, wait a minute.
0: No, but I mean... I'm
2: picking up on... Very strong notes of sarcasm in that scene. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: But I mean, you know, obviously it's disgusting and horrible. But I mean, in this situation, it's great that you are in the position that you are to help like make this, you know, one combat it and then two, make it a radicalizing moment, right? Because I think it requires folks to really put it out there into explicit class terms sometimes, right? Just because when you hear about, you know, when you see these things framed in like media, like, they they do a lot to kind of hide. I mean, as with every, you know, bit of media that comes out of like, you know, this place, they do a lot to hide those class dynamics. So I just thought it's really good that you made it explicit off the top, because I think it's, you know, natural for us to obviously see that, you know, we're talking about renters versus landlords, essentially, and making sure that renter power is curtailed in this specific district. Right. So, you know, it will be good to see. Hopefully there's some like, you know, other organizations involved on the ground. Um doing some agitprop work around that as well. I mean, have you seen anything like that?
2: Yeah. And it's, it's really complicated here in this district. Um, Wilshire Center career town is the most, um, we are the most densely populated part of Los Angeles. We have the most constituents of any neighborhood council. Um, we also have the most constituents born outside of the United States um, I'm fairly certain there's the most languages spoken in our boundaries than anywhere in Los Angeles. Um, it's a very strong. Obviously, it is Koreatown. Historically, it's been um, just you know known since very very early days of Los Angeles. This is Koreatown, and in fact, I'm often uh, heard the quote: "This is the largest concentration of Korean um, people outside of the country of of Korea or South Korea or North Korea." Um, and the 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 interesting thing is they don't want the boundaries split. There was massive organizing to keep the community whole and to not divide the Koreatown community, like even the boundaries politically, even within the neighborhood council. So I'm really interested to see how this plays out, knowing that they weren't only like, because they were very vocal about those wishes. They did not want the boundaries divided. And I'm waiting to see the response because there are there are like Korean um, like political uh, papers that you know speak to all sides of the political spectrum. Being the neighborhood um, council president, I am in conversation with what's known as the Korea Daily. Um, it's a more conservative newspaper. Um, they are extreme. I'm very careful with how I, I discuss this with them um i'm waiting to hear from them because their concern will be the division of the boundaries but now knowing that there was collusion to intentionally divide the boundaries and that there it was politically motivated i'll be interested to see how the conservative paper responds knowing that that block of renters was split it uh, was split intentionally and seeing how that plays out knowing that the community and their their sense of identity didn't want to be divided but that it was divided for political reasons. Just to see how, how they respond to that will we'll be interesting to see it play out.
1: Do you mean to tell me that Koreatown doesn't want an outside influence coming in and dividing Koreans along a, <laughs> a border that they didn't agree on?
2: Surprisingly, no. <laughs> Joking, Jesus but yeah, Christ. obviously. <laughs> It's been a very contentious topic. Um, (laughs) There's a very large um, concentration of Bangladeshi community here. Um, Within the Wilshire Center Koreatown Neighborhood Council is the little area called Little Bangladesh, um, which is along the 3rd Street corridor. Um, And they wanted to become their own neighborhood council. And at one time, there was a call for the division of Wilshire Center Koreatown Neighborhood Council boundaries to allow for the Bangladeshi community but the call was to keep the community all one boundary and it was massive amounts of organizing around that like some of some of the largest organizing in the community within the past few years was around the boundaries and and splitting the district up and so the city splitting the council district is an even greater division and that is going to, like I said, be very interesting to see how they respond to that being divided with political intentions. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just
0: assault on all sides in terms of just basic, basic rights, even in like a bourgeois democracy, right? Like, I mean, we're talking about abortion. It's just, it's everything all at once. It's just explicit, overt
2: class war. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm least, um, I guess, qualified to speak on, and it is extremely prevalent to the conversation, is that sense of division between like the black and brown unity. Um, Our sitting L.A. City Council president is um, Nuri Martinez. Um, She's Latina. Um, And these were disparaging comments made against the child of a sitting council member who is black. Um, Mm -hmm. so this they're disparaging racist like overtly racist comments i don't even want to repeat them on the podcast feel free to look them up it's in the la times the recording is is, i believe released in public but those comments are gross like absolutely gross and it does not represent the, the massive amounts of organizing i've seen especially within the past couple of years given um the uprisings from the the george floyd um incident and it just kind of laughs in the face of like the direction of where everyone intends to take things. And I really hope this ends up being like a catalyst for Mm -hmm. a change in our local LA city makeup, at least Um, it's kind of something that I keep seeing said that they've already said these things with their policy. Um, So it'll be interesting to see that now that, it's just so clear cut, and these comments are out in the open, and their opinions can't be—you know—they they can't hide them and, and, and pretend like they're not being overtly racist. These comments were over, overtly racist, and now we can look to the policies that they've written. And I'm somewhat excited. I mean, I feel really bad, especially for Councilmember Bonin and, and what his family are going through, and my heart goes out to them. But I hope this becomes a moment where we take action where the city says we're not going to put up with this we're not going to put up with these opinions and we're not going to put up with policies that demonstrate these opinions
3: Mm -hmm. i'm hopeful yeah i'd be interested
0: to see because i mean these two things are part of the same story right essentially they involve the same individual the comments and then like the gerrymandering essentially of the district right I guess I'd be interested to see, and I want to make clear, obviously, that like heinous racism needs to be called out every time, right? I just wonder if, as the story kind of grows and takes, you know, takes flight or whatever across the country, if they'll accentuate the race focus versus the class focus, right? You know, because they'll focus, yeah, they'll focus on like if they'll focus on like the individual racism again, totally heinous, but then you know, kind of shy away from, again, what could be that radicalizing, organizing poll on, you know, look, it's runners versus landlords. They just told us it. I, I don't think we'll see that highlighted as much throughout and, as opposed to, well, this person's a racist, you know, so the, that's why the, the conversation, both conversations are important, important to keep that one going too, right? Go ahead, Nat, sorry.
1: Oh, yeah, that was going to be, uh, just just to piggyback off that, that was exactly where I was, uh, where I, I was headed. And of course, not not to be class reductionist at all. We just know that like corporate media tends to downplay any kind of reporting on class warfare. And like these were acu- not accusations, actual racism that they have an opportunity to highlight. I'm I would be shocked if they didn't harp on that at the expense of the class warfare.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think. Given our capitalist media, the story that sells will be the racist story versus a class warfare story. Mm-hmm. Um, they are both a story, um, and certainly they should both be talked about. But just given what we know of our journalism, I, I think yeah, that is that is what we could expect.
1: Yeah. Ugh. It's good to report on the kind of racism stuff because it makes um, a politician that we know is particularly damaging look bad, but it's not the whole – it's not the whole issue.
3: Yeah,
2: it gets much more um, complicated just because this person does have ties to, like, labor. It, it's very right. complex.
1: Now, she used to be part of the LA Unified, right?
2: Correct. This That was her – post before making it into LA City Council. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so we're just reeling. Like, this just came out. The whole city is is calling, like, everyone on the left, even the corporate Democrats, are calling for the resignation of the LA City Council president. So, I, as a, and this is the thing about being an organizer. Um, this is bad. Like, this event is bad. But as an organizer, I'm going, okay, I can see the agitation. I see where there's now overlapping, you know, concerns and a need for reform, uh, if not complete reboot, which I'm sure we all would be more likely to agree on. Um, It just... (laughs) It makes me hopeful. Like I, I see like the conditions for organizing to be able to, to unify these different communities against this greater evil. So I, I, I hate to be like, well, the good thing is, but as an organizer, it does make, I, I see opportunity and, and I am hopeful.
0: But like um, the point is shitty things yeah, are going to continue to happen, happen. Right like whether
2: yeah
0: whether you're there or not and it's good that you're there but shitty and you and other organizers you know but because shitty things are just going to continue to happen right and that's why we need to organize
1: because
0: you know it's there it sucks you obviously wish it doesn't happen but i mean it's better to look at it like hey this is a moment to change something that we know needs to get changed anyway so
1: at the very least i'm sorry you go on
2: no, no, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, just as an organizer, you just look at things different after a while. You, you go, okay, well, that's a problem. And like you said, whether I'm here or not, problems are going to keep happening. And as an organizer, you just start to go, what do we do to make these problems stop happening? Mm-hmm. So while they're gross comments, absolutely heinous and atrocious, and she needs to resign immediately. Gives some kind of momentum as to where like things have been locked in like a gridlock, and we can't see a leverage point. Now things have been disturbed, now things are, are unsettled, and now, now we might be able to, to move some things around. So I just I don't know. I just want to emphasize that like as an organizer, sometimes, I tend to look at things a little a little differently.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at some level, it's like, okay, well, we know who the fuck you are now. so
1: right about that i mean it does give you um you know the to, to your point jamie about the silver lining at least it's it's a bullet in the chamber for us that even the liberals can identify with the racism part
2: the mask is definitely
3: off mm-hmm. yeah mm. you guys get anything else on that or i <sighs>
2: have a nice transition. So- it's so true. It, it, this will be playing out. I'll, we'll probably talk about this again. So yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on it. it just came out. It's just such an explosive story, mm-hmm. and I promise everyone will be hearing about this. This is this is not the last time you'll hear about this, for sure.
0: Hell yeah, we'll keep fighting the fight, and yeah, definitely keep us updated.
1: Mm-hmm. Promise. Um, speaking That's of okay. L.A. corporate Democrats, if you will, uh, I was just at, the, um, uh, at an abortion rights rally uh, in Boyle Heights uh, yesterday uh, as part of PSL, and there was a comrade of ours who, upon hearing some of the things that they were talking about up on stage, the corporate Democrats, um, they brought in a lot of um, Pro Iranian intervention voices on stage uh-huh. oh, okay. because of, because it was a women's rights thing, right? Um, and one of our comrades just walked right by me with her like face, like steadfastly looking at the ground, just going challenging. This is very challenging. <laughs> it was it was wild. They brought in some like Australian quote Persian pop star as she described herself. I didn't catch her name, but she was uh, singing songs and whatnot. They were quite catchy and they're really good. But uh, I just imagined that if I were to hear the lyrics, it would be like, let's, you know, bomb, 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 Iran, basically. It was wild. It was a wild, it was a wild time. And the, like all of my PSL comrades and I were there just, um, just cringing at every, every mention of Iran and freedom that was dropped. At this abortion rights rally and then funny funny enough one of the people said that um we also needed to be wary of authoritarian cuba <laughs> and I, uh, I just wanted to run up on stage who hosted and like it, this? i don't know i don't know who hosted it i um somebody That's weird it's very weird and somebody on on my instagram page asked me who it was and i didn't know but they and they had an idea and i don't remember what they said um i was i was just there being an organizee you know i was just there talking to people um and handing out uh flyers for prop one right um but uh um by the way everybody in california vote for prop one in november uh but um uh, uh oh shit i lost what i was gonna say uh it, oh oh right so um
0: was the, it women's march sorry
1: it was women's march it yeah, was I Women's get, March.
0: you finish then i'll go <laughs> um
1: yeah no, so they they just had a lot of uh, a lot of things to say about about uh, various authoritarian countries, and when they got to author- authoritarian Cuba, I really wanted to run up on stage and be like, if we were as free as Cuba, we wouldn't have to be at this abortion rights rally.
0: Yeah, who just passed? Which country just passed the most like progressive family code in? I think it's globally, right? Oh, Isn't it recognized gl- globally?
1: Jesus, yeah. the most but, you, know, you can't just rush up
2: and grab What was that, Jamie? That's awesome. Well, I was just saying like, yeah, Prop 1, I was just handing out flyers. Um, They had the Iran protest about um, the murder um, on the same day as the Transgender March Against Violence. Um, The events were very close to each other, and we ended up cheering each other on as the columns passed. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually ended up distributing the Prop 1 uh, flyers from Peace and Freedom um, to the the people that came to protest against the the, the murder for, by the honor police, the the girl that was forcefully they they made her remove her, or she wasn't wearing her hijab correctly, and the honor police had accosted her, and she ended up dying, and that resulted in a massive protest here in L.A. Is that is that the is it the event that you were at involving that, or is that I was not
1: an event involving that, but they were definitely using that to rail to rile people up in possible favor of
2: regime change it's definitely a a political um gasoline right now like that's you know that's been motivating people to get out in the streets and we're finding a lot of overlap just with especially with prop one and you know obviously women's rights us codifying women's rights and or at least reproductive uh, rights into state law and we found you know some intersectionality there between that movement and, and that current yeah
0: state. i guess like the dangerous part is that libs can't seem to separate you know solidarity you know with women across the world and they can't separate that from like u.s backed regime change right mm-hmm. and how that actually wouldn't do anything for people in iran if that actually occurred like you know what let's take care of our shit over here Right. With SB one out there. And then in Pennsylvania here, we've got to vote against SB 106. So like, let's organize and take care of that shit. Right. And let the people in Iran mm-hmm. take care of that shit without, you know, the US empire, you know, getting mm-hmm. their getting their toes in in there in the name of women's rights, because we know how that goes. Right. We've seen it time and yeah. time again. How does it, how did it go in Afghanistan? Right has nothing to do with women's rights. But, I mean, again, if we can separate... Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we could separate those things and just, you know, again, show solidarity and support each other that way, but separate it from empire, then, yeah, absolutely, you know? Of course we should do that.
1: It's also quite patronizing for us to talk about the, um, the, the quote, unquote, Iranian struggle, right? Like, I mean, literally, on stage last night, or yesterday afternoon, they said... um, Iran is ruled by a uh, theocratic minority that has d- devastated the rights of women, and I just wanted to scream, "What the fuck do you think is happening here?" <laughs> what the like, a Supreme Court. Yeah, I mean, like, literally, it's like eight fucking people just took away everybody's right to like uh, have basic human rights.
3: Yeah. If that's I mean, the minority. I don't know what is.
2: I mean, that goes to say, like, you know, even today in 2022. I mean, we still have like 300 anti-LGBTQ plus bills, like 140 of those targeting trans youth. Um, we're we're definitely not keeping our side of the yard clean. It's it's certainly the case, and has yeah. been historically the case. Yeah, no, we're like, we keeping war. it
1: clean, and then like we certainly can't be trusted to go clean up anybody else's yard. Would Before you say we? invaded Iraq I'm oh, sorry.
2: And yet, we're, uh, we're the self-appointed like peace police of the world.
1: Yeah. Before we invaded Iraq, they, Iraq had the highest uh, rate of literacy for women in the Middle East.
3: <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to say. We talk so about women's bleak. rights.
1: Talk about schooling. You talk about work, But economic rights, which we never get to talk about, obviously.
3: Yeah, it's just no, funny. I've... These are these are not new things. <laughs>
1: Nothing new That's under the not... sun.
0: But I was just going to add to that uh, about the protest getting kind of co-opted. So. I also organized with PSL and we, you know, with a couple other organizations, hosted a rally just after, well, we organized a rally just after um, it got struck down, just after Roe got struck down. Um, so, what was that, July, beginning of July? Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, planned it out for a week, you know, it was like, because it was the point where I had that decision was kind of imminent, you know, where we knew, so it was like, hey, they had the decision, get ready to meet down here, right? So it happen, and then the Democrats, the Women's March, swooped in and permitted the space that we were going to speak at, that we had people coming to. They permitted it, and we got there, and we're like, hey, we, you know, we had organized this. We've been planning it, and they refused to let us go. They said, socialism is, you know, it's a pipe dream. It's not going to work, and you guys can't have the space, and the fucking cops kept us out from speaking.
2: Yeah, we we had sort of a there was someone else permitted where we gathered for the transgender march against violence, and we had to move locations. So I definitely um when you're when you're doing something that the state is a you know doesn't approve of, all of a sudden there's a there's a rule or there's a reason, and it's just always that way, and. We see that we've seen that even like here in L.A. with just like we have this ordinance 4118. Um, oh, yeah. It doesn't allow right. lying, sleeping, sitting down on a sidewalk. And they just recently expanded it to include like some very aggressive maneuvers around schools. and And it's just eliminated like over 90 percent of the places where you can just exist out in public space here in Los Angeles. And basically just making it illegal to just exist other than basically being a patron. Like buying something, you, you have rights. If you're just existing, those rights are subject to question at any time. And people don't realize that's getting codified right now. Like that is becoming law in the United States. And if we don't do something like pretty soon, it's it, it'll be too little too late. And the time to get in the streets, the time to get organizing, the time to get participating, that's right now.
0: It might be gone. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I mean, we're well past, not. I mean, it's not gone yet, but you know, we're, you're, you're a little bit late at this point, you know? <laughs> we'll um, gotta try.
2: Definitely.
0: Yeah. But, uh, hmm. s- Speaking of, you know, time running out, should we talk about how our administration and the liberals are basically slobbering for a nuclear war with Russia? It seems kind of topical, <laughs> a little heavy, but it's been on oh, my man. mind. <laughs> I've just been trying to spend time with the family.
4: That's all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I, uh, I'm,
1: I'm going to have to let you guys talk about that all on your own. I've got to get going because I've got my meeting in just 15 minutes. i got to prep for it. All right. So, uh, Thanks, Conrad. Good talk, you. y'all.
2: How thank you for way. joining.
1: See ya. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie, for everything that you've done and thank you for the, the first half of the, the episode. It's been nice hearing the like lowdown from someone who's so heavily involved.
2: <laughs> thank you. I'm just happy to All get right. the news out. Sometimes I feel like not enough people just know what's going on.
1: Totally right. That's the point, right? That's what we're doing here. Alright,
3: I'll see y'all later. See hey, you buddy. Bye. I've only heard murmurings of the nuclear threats. I've seen that there's basically just like
2: it's like a it's like a chirping match right now, right? Like they're just kind of ping ponging back and forth. Like,
5: yeah, I mean, I follow. um, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead,
2: Rick. You got it.
5: Yeah, I follow ASB, ASB News, or something like that on Telegram. Now it's Battlefield Insights, but they cover a lot of the little. Details about what's going on in Ukraine, and it's pretty scary. You know, for for a while, I thought we were going, yeah, we were going to go to war. It was like a week ago with the Russians, but it's um, I think a lot of people are just ignorant to what's going on in Ukraine and how much involved we are. I think that's that's also a problem.
3: Yeah, I Go ahead, Ward.
2: Sorry, I will say I've never in my life seen countries go to war and so many americans adopt the flag of that country like sorry i just had to
3: share that i didn't mean to interrupt yeah no i mean
4: rick as you're saying like yeah there's been articles since the beginning of this that have said like that u.s intelligence personnel are on the ground in Ukraine aiding the effort um what was it? There's um, one of my favorites was there's a Guardian article. It was like the title was something along the lines of like U.S. intelligence personnel are getting advised like, hey, you need to keep the fuck quiet because like they're not supposed people aren't supposed to know that we're involved like the Ukraine. Ukrainians are supposed to look like they're making all this effort and these advances and all this stuff. And it's like we're not supposed to be involved at all.
5: Yeah, there was like videos where there was people that the Americans and Canadians <clears throat> that were like going there, and they came back, and they were like, uh, "Don't go to Ukraine." Advising other Americans not to go to Ukraine because you know they were getting like shitty, shitty like equipment. Only like a rifle with like ten bullets in it. <laughs> you know, yeah, like there was, yeah, there was, was some the stupid shit. Forces. Yeah, the volunteer yeah, forces. Great- yeah, and even I was like everybody. Everybody, I don't know. I don't know you guys got it but I even saw advertisements for people to sign up for was like the quote unquote Ukrainian forge foreign legion or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? This is the weirdest shit ever. It's like a new level of like psyops, you know, on social media.
2: Yeah, the uh, there was a bunch of rednecks willing to jump on a plane and go, you know, get put in the trenches and I heard they put them right on the front lines. That's what I read and Several articles they were more than willing to accept the help,
0: yeah. yeah rednecks and other fashion not rednecks are fascists, but some explicit fascist people went over well, there, too. Also, I, there some mean,
2: anarchists local, that the, not the original real rednecks, the, the ones that the modern day bastardized version,
4: yeah. There's also some anarchists that left uh from the U.S. and joined uh the uh, Azov battalion, that's gross. Yeah, and like this whole self admitted like anarchist article is
3: like, oh yeah, they joined them because it was like they're the easiest group to join. Yeah, it's kind of odd. That's this is
5: really weird behavior. I mean, it's just people aren't I fucking paying mean-
3: attention.
0: You know, one of my favorite articles from Katie Johnston came out in September, and it was I think like grown adult. Sh- shouldn't say that this is an unprovoked war or something like that right and it's like you can just go back in time and like honest to god like i don't even really need to see articles to just know in my heart that the u.s is involved in some capacity on the ground right because you can just look at the history right i mean listen to people like again we're rehashing things that i think we've probably all talked about at various points already but go back and look at fucking guardian articles from 2014 and what they're talking about here with the Azov battalion go listen to john mersheimer talking about the primrose pack path back in 2015 talk look Look at all these fucking people like Kissinger on down the line talking about NATO expansion and warning what would be the result of it. And people are just fucking oblivious. And to your point, Jamie, they've got the the Ukraine, Slava Ukraina in their fucking Twitter bio. Again, I am, I, I hate that I have to do this. No fan of Putin, but Zelensky, this is your guy? He's... Basically just the figurehead for, you know, neoliberal fucking rape of what's left in, you know, from the Soviet era social programs anyway. Right. And that's why he's their guy. And again, there's a lot to be said for, you know, I think Azov has him at gunpoint too, saying that don't implement Minsk, like whatever the fuck's going on. You know what I mean? I don't know. But like this is what you're going to line up behind like a proxy war. If you can't call it a proxy war when you look at all this shit going on, you think Russia's going to blow up? fucking Nord Stream too are you kidding me in what universe would that make any sense for them to do it when on the other side you've got you the u.s waiting in the wings and other eu allies waiting to give them all their you know natural gas putin could just shut the valve he doesn't have to fucking blow it up what do you, like I, I don't know sorry for the rant it's just been it's it's insane to me that people are just i don't know like i know it takes a lot to dig through you know some of the uh you know what's out there in the zeitgeist what's predominantly out there in the zeitgeist but like it's not that much effort to at least figure out that something fishy's going on with the most powerful military in the world the most powerful empire in the world right now
5: i think i think you know i would imagine like the people in power in the u.s would see that how how, how much the russians are dominating ukraine and even with all these volunteers and all these like super weapons the US is giving Ukraine that are not obviously working. How they would I if I were them I would imagine to you know to say, hey man, like we're not top dog anymore. You know what I'm saying? That Russia and China. And you know, picking fire with one is just gonna be a really bad time. And I don't I don't understand. I don't understand how they think. And I, you know maybe maybe it's just you know like kids or people that Grew up, or maybe didn't grow up during the Cold War. You know what I'm saying? And then they they honestly see us as the most powerful, woman, or not. So it's weird, you know. Um, this this administration, and you know, because obviously Biden they lived, lived the Cold War, but there are people like our age, you know, what I'm saying, in in office, and people our age, you know, in, in its intelligence, and I think that they're the ones that. <clears throat> maybe like disillusioned to how the world really is, you know?
3: I can, I can uh,
2: confirm that. And at least in my limited experience, most of the people that get into office are are people that are exposed to it young, early. They come through institutions that literally train them, like how to speak and, and what to speak on. And, you know, in the end, ultimately, what side they're on
3: on each topic. It, it's, it's a pipeline.
2: It, yeah. it, it, it's literally like there are programs that you apply to and you fill out applications to be co-opted <laughs> for a lot. You know, it's not even lack of a better term. That's the perfect term. Um, you're literally taught and trained and um, given and a a political affiliation with the system, with the capitalist uh, liberal reform system that we are all taught to pretend actually exists, but ultimately is just a giant money generating machine to be the side of the the good, the good side of the lobbyists and the good side of capitalism, which ultimately we, we all know it's all, it's all the same side the, the government of, of our government of, a, of the capitalist government and the ratchet effect is all the same side and it's just perpetuating it itself but i can tell you that yeah they're trained very young and it's usually like they all know each other um a lot of them go to private schools that are their parents know each other that is the political establishment uh, and definitely from my experience what i've what i've at least what we know of the Democrats and the ones that hold the higher offices that work their way up through the, the
3: steps and, and such. Well, definitely. I mean, and then you look at something like what's going on in,
0: in Ukraine and you've got sound bites from people, everybody from Biden to Blinken to Mike Pompeo that, functionally say the same things on a given topic, right? Like both Pompeo and Newland, who was an Obama person, came out and said, well, we'll stop the Nord Stream at any cost, right? Both both of these people, right? Like, What does that say? What does that say about the system as a whole? When, you know, the the guy that you slobber over, you know, in terms of you froth with rage with Pompeo and Trump, right? But, you know, when Biden and Blinken say it, it's okay. It's like we got... (laughs) Just just be anti war all the time. It doesn't matter if you know, blue mag is a thing, I guess, fuck. but I don't know. It's just oh, driving me crazy right. that like because like you can't you can't imagine like you know, Rick mentioned like the cold War mentality, but it's like it doesn't take that much imagination to like understand what a, you know, a nuclear exchange could precipitate, right? Like, it's really easy to like, look up at pictures of what happened at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and then also understand really quickly that just in terms of a comparative basis, we've built shit that's so much stronger, right? And then you can watch like a cute little simulation that would show what would happen if this was actually triggered, right? And you could see how many cities would actually get wiped off the map. Like, it doesn't take that much imagination to understand that, but it's like, all right, I mean, you know, we can't do peace talks at all, right? We can't push for that at all.
2: the end of the day the system has jumped the shark i mean we joke like is it too late to organize but i mean the system's in place and it defends itself it's designed to do that and if it wasn't by intentional design to do that it's 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 been you know through necessity adapted and people have implemented you know mechanisms for it to protect itself and it's just funny that we're we're brought up to believe it it's not that and i I, literally our our culture is is taught to think that we are the we're freedom in practice and we are the harbingers of freedom to the world and and that's our culture like i and when you think of other cultures, like you can think of cultures and things that they do and 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 honestly, even as a quote unquote American as a as a usian um I couldn't tell you what that is for America beyond like the flag and like a a bald eagle and a big Mac or something. like I can't think of it, of ideology that that is America that i that I think would I would want to be representative of me like as an American and and plus the term America and like just from, from conception, the whole thing's a pitch and it's, it's not at all what we're told it is. And I, I don't even know where to be. I, I, I try to do good every day and, and not look at, at that. <laughs> it's like the big giant monster in the corner that, that we all know is there and we just try to pretend it's not there and maybe it doesn't exist. If we don't look at it, but. It's, yeah, I, I don't know. We jumped the shark so long ago. The systems are in place and it's, it, it by, it defends itself, but you know, whether by design or just through adaptation. It, I don't know. That's,
1: this is what it is.
3: I mean, what was it? Biden came on and was saying that this closest we've been
4: since, like, even closer than the Cuban Missile Crisis, like, between the, There's 15,000 nukes in us, like active weaponized nukes in circulation in the world. 90% of those are between the US and Russia. And I think there was video footage of uh, Russia mobilizing nukes out of Moscow like a couple days ago. And then after Nord Stream, we have the fucking suicide bombing on the Crimean Bridge. Like there's no talk like no one's even close to saying hey maybe we should figure out a treaty or peace talks or detente like nothing it's just pure escalation like we're seeing instead we're seeing articles saying oh the u.s should show that we can win a nuclear war and it's like no just a hundred of them going off is two billion people dying due to nuclear winter and famine let alone the entire nuclear arsenal of the world is more than enough to destroy all living life on the planet like this is insanity and we're supposed to be like going to work
3: tomorrow yeah (laughs) yeah the monster is not in the corner just ignore it
0: (laughs) it's really like it's it's really blowing my mind lately like waking up to that reality and like forcing myself to think about it and like i'm sitting in my car driving in and it's like what in the fuck am i doing i mean even before this i you know cuz once you understand how capitalism works you have that thought every fucking morning too right even if you don't you're probably doing it yet. you just don't have class consciousness yet but um yeah i mean it's it's fucking terrifying you know and it's like you said more like you spend time with your family and i guess you know it's like i'm waiting for i guess some indication that there's some broad based energy for an anti-war movement, right? But it's just not there, and I think it has so much to do with the fact that the US has gotten so good at managing these proxy wars and getting other people to die on the ground for them, right? Because it's not, you know, it's not US soldiers coming home, right? Which again, people need to develop more empathy anyway and think about, you know, Ukrainian and Russian working people dying on the ground, right? But that's the thing that gets people going. That's what got people going in Vietnam, right? And I think they realize that. And that's part of why we don't send so many people to fight on the ground, I think. You know, why we do this through forces like the Azov Battalion, right? And we fund them instead.
2: Um, Yeah, it's definitely more profitable. And there's there's less um, liability in having other countries fight your wars for you and plus we can we still have the military industrial complex to to feed you know where the equipment gets, needs to get sold and then we don't have to deal with you know the results of our civilians going over and getting maimed and um psychologically disfigured it's really kind of like again, like the system just adapting to defend itself. It's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to operate. It's just going to find the way to do it, making as little impact as possible. And ultimately, nuclear war, I mean, what...
3: These states are at war with each other, and
2: we're little to do to affect that. I mean, I hate to, I don't want to be, like, nihilist about it, but ultimately, like... You know, in the event of nuclear Armageddon, like there's like what uh, I'm I'm apt to support the spend time with your family, um, you know, mentality. It's like, what is but really, ultimately, is there that we can do? So, yeah, the time to act is now. So if we want to try to avoid nuclear annihilation and you're listening to this and you haven't tapped into your local PSL or peace and freedom or if you must dsa just start organizing (laughs) do something get involved and just reading an email is not doing it clicking clicking like on a tweet isn't isn't making an impact get out and knock on some doors make some phone calls because the community that we need to build is is in motion i see i like i said this gives me hope i see lots of political movements and i see some um uh, we we just uh, here in los angeles we just elected an open abolitionist to la city council so i mean i'm not hopeless i'll i'll say that, that there there are there are things happening that give me hope but i mean i i definitely like with with the world in the state that it is it's it's at times hard to hard to remember like we have hope especially in the face of nuclear apocalypse with all these countries that just won't won't stop
4: and i'm going to slide in with my doomer moment and be like hey if you want to glimpse into that window of oh, what God. it's like is just read the articles and the interviews of um people in hawaii whenever they got that notification saying incoming icbm this is not a drill
3: and oh they, yeah
4: and they didn't get a correcting notification for, like, an hour.
3: Oh, my There's God.
4: Like people putting their children into, like, the sewers, like, through manhole covers,
3: like, to try to s- protect them. I can't. Yeah. And
2: honestly, um, it. I just saw an article. Um, somebody had reported that... They'd reviewed all of the emergency guidelines and everything. Like in the event of a nuclear Armageddon, like if there was a, a missile launched to the United States, the protocol is to give us a ten-minute warning.
3: If you're not aware, <laughs> I mean, so I'm that's not. Lovely. I'm not. That's so considerate. Not supposed to do in ten minutes, but yeah,
0: <laughs> unbelievable. Oh man. But, yeah, I guess I, – yeah, it is terrifying, and I want people to be fucking terrified. You know, I, I, I want people to be scared of that possibility, and I want people to stop acting like warmongers, you know, and I want them – like, but that's part of why I said, like, I don't feel like that people are ready to go take the streets for it either. You know what I mean? But that said, you yeah. know, we don't – do every,
2: like every time I see someone with a Ukrainian flag on their bio, I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's just like people are treating it like it's a football game, yeah. like – you're cheering on the end times like war is not war anymore and if it reaches ultimate escalation that's not an option any of us can survive
0: yeah no no that's just it i mean i guess you know broadly some people like the the ardent libs if they're not bots on on twitter that you know supporting supporting this so vocally right They're probably not going to be reachable, but, you know, to your point, Jamie, and what you're seeing now, and I've I've seen it myself and I'm sure the rest of you have as well. There are people on the ground that, you know, just aren't, they're getting beat down by capitalism and they're not on Twitter fucking shitposting about, you know, Ukraine either. So, you know, and those people are primed to be reached about, you know, healthcare or, you know, gerrymandering in their district and things like that. Right. And those are real things that you can affect. And it's like none of us are going to solve you know, the, the geopolitical conflicts right now, but you know, you have, we all have to start organizing because it takes like some small quantitative changes eventually to get to a qualitative change level. Right. So
2: yeah, you
3: know,
0: that's all we can. You know, what
2: gave me the, you know what gave me the most hope recently to try to change it. And, and maybe hopefully we can leave on a positive note. You know, what gave me the most hope recently was I spoke to an organizer who started organizing around car washes and through like starting organizing through the workers of the car wash and realizing that none of them really got an hourly they basically all just worked straight off tips here in los angeles they through many years and many steps and much 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 work are now working with a a collective of car wash um you know workers that collectively own a car wash and ultimately that is changing the landscape of that profession. And that is now engaging those families and the communities through Los Angeles. And that has become a very large, like vocal organization. And it just came through people realizing that there, something was unfair and that there was a lot of people that were experiencing something unfair. And that, was a really like if anybody wants to look that up, it's the l a Car wash Collective here in Los Angeles. and it's in a very inspiring story. and it started with something very small, very it was a very just like like worker led oriented thing that is now they are now a force to be reckoned with here in l a. And I just met one of their main one of the um people that works for like the nonprofit segment of it. um and it it was very inspiring to hear that that's that's what that escalated into. That even just like a small issue, like recognizing somebody is experiencing unfair treatment through enough organizing and agitation, it can evolve into something that is now supporting families and a community. And that is possible. Like everyone can start from something. You just have to work at it. And you just have to realize that there is a way to affect change. It just takes great
3: effort. Definitely. Definitely. If
0: you could find the, uh, the link for that, send it to us and we'll, uh, I'll put it in the show. Me or Mike will put it in the show notes. That'd be, that'd be great. So I guess that is a good positive note to end on unless anybody else had anything. No, nah, I'm not going to ruin it. Yeah. I guess the only thing I'll say, just cause I think Mike would be upset if we didn't is that, you know, to Jamie's point, you know, agitate and organize, don't fall for Biden's shitty little parlor tricks with his, you know, federal decriminalization or federal pardon of, you know, sixty five hundred people that weren't in jail anyway, right? Don't get don't get bought off that easy. It's a rope a dope just like the student loan thing. Fuck him still. So all right. I think that's probably good, right? That was a good one. All right. All right, comrades, <laughs> this was fun. We'll uh see y'all next time. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.